Holy crap. Everybody, we're back. After, let's not talk about how long. It, it is River Do's and River Don'ts time, baby! Ow! It's the show where we go through an episode of <laughs> the previous season of Riverdale, beat by beat. We discuss the craziness that ensues following with a discussion of our River Do, the best part, to our humble opinion. The River Don't would be the opposite of that, the part that kind of sucked. And the Weekly Weird, which is that ineffable je ne sais quoi that is honestly why we keep watching this garbage fire of a TV program. I am Rob. Hi. I am Quinn. Hello. <laughs> Presumably, <laughs> you two also have names. <laughs> and I'm Kat. I think Kat and I were just waiting yeah, for someone we to go. It's like, all right, come on. It was like that awkward hallway shuffle back and forth thing where you end up just kind of dancing like it's middle it. school. Yeah. 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 yeah but uh, I'm anyway, <laughs> we're, we're doing Chapter 33, Shadow of a Doubt, directed by Gregory Smith and written by Yolanda E. Lawrence, the notorious Yolanda E. Lawrence at this point. And I guess, yeah, it's time to do it, folks. Like, we're, we're doing this. We are doing this indeed. Rob, writer of notes, recapper of shows, <laughs> please help me. I'm going to reach back into the spider-webbed, hoary vaults of the past and <laughs> try to take us through this. We begin with Archie doing some door-to-door -door campaigning for his dad, Fred, and trying desperately to soul-stare into the eyes of the Black Hood with each male person who answers a door. Maybe this guy's the Black Hood. Maybe this other guy's the Black Hood. I'll only know if we're close enough to kiss. Jughead's narration teams up with the camera work to let us know that Hal is definitely the Black Hood. <laughs> Except there's enough time left in the season uh, that it feels like they have room for a swerve. Mm-hmm. Got three episodes. Yeah, so during the sequence, I think there there was a guy who said <laughs> that he was voting for Hiram, which was, uh, I loved it, because um, Hiram's- Oh, yeah, and like Archie's like, don't you mean Hermione? Yeah, yeah, that's- Or something like mm -hmm. that, and it's like, oh, yeah, the show's not being coy about that No, all, no, the show, mm -mm. the show oh. is incapable of subtlety. Uh, that's, which is why we're <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> Only if an actor smuggles the subtlety into the set, like, inside of their underpants. Uh -huh. Maybe, you know, Skeet Ehrlich might be able to do that here and there. Occasionally. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Veronica lets Archie know that her successful capture and ransoming of Nick St. Clair, remember that happened, uh, is not being met with punishment, but rather with offers of courtship because tales of her badassness have spread to all corners of the mafia world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Here come the uh, mafia princes. But before we get to said mafia princes, Hiram opens a scene with Archie with the banger of a line, My spies tell me you're out campaigning for your father. <laughs> He that one just went spies. over my head. I completely forgot that he, <laughs> he, he said that. He just casually announces that he has spies and he uses them to spy on the activities of children. <laughs> Our villain, ladies and gentlemen, he's very good. 
Uh-huh. Uh, Hiram wants Archie to have backup in the form of the Dark Circle. But Archie disagrees about the arcade game weapons power-ups he needs. Focus lasers versus loose cannons yes. is the yes. metaphor that we're doing. <laughs> Which sounds like some metal slug shit to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hiram suggests that teaming up with the new sh- sheriff, who is clearly a plant, a toady of Hiram, uh, would be a good idea. And that's fucking horrifying. He's installed a loyalist sheriff. This is so bad. Mm-hmm. Betty lies to Jughead about Chick and what went down uh, and floats a maybe my dad's the Black Hood balloon in the conversation that we're allowed to just sit and stew with for a while. Uh, and then Veronica stands up the mafia kids. Uh, they're going to have to do things on her terms. There was I had a question for you guys about this one because this was yep. the... Um... Yeah, this was a, a trick being gone for a good one, right? Um, there was an ominous thunder roll in here. And uh, the ominous thunder roll happened, like, on chicks being gone for good and i was like well we didn't see a body he's not gone well, so that's, that's my I'm... <laughs> yeah that's what i was like okay is this is this an emotional state thunder roll is this a clearly like, chicks coming here's... back thunder roll? <laughs> what are we supposed to understand Shep? oh no it's it's just like how it was completely inconclusive with svensson before all the fucking filler happened yeah I feel like they don't actually plan it for sure. Oh, right. And they just have things end (laughs) inconclusively so that if they run out of bullshit to put on the next episode, they can just bring back the character. I think you're right, that it's just they had... They're like, oh, man, last time we didn't just have bullshit in our back pocket. We had to bring back (laughs) the same actor and make up the idea that he had a fucking twin brother. You haven't really had... So let's not make that mistake again. You haven't really had consistent signaling with your thunder roll, so I don't know what I'm supposed to understand, but maybe... (laughs) No, putting stuff in here. So, (laughs) right, exactly. So, in the future, if we need it, we can just grab it back. Uh Yeah, everybody goes into Schrodinger's box instead of like conclusively anything because why not? Like, clearly, we have to keep making this show forever, and no one knows how to make a story. (sighs) Um, I do believe that in this scene, Cheryl Blossom deploys the phrase "he devils," though. (laughs) I think I had that down as well. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, Aren't you a handsome assortment uh... of (laughs) (laughs) he-devils? Yep. (laughs) Valid. Betty asks Cheryl if she had any sense about her dad being a horrible murdering dude uh, before confirmation came. Uh, And Cheryl doubts Hal's capability of being a killer due to how much of a complete fucking dork he is with Penelope, which, yeah, I mean, he is a huge dork. Uh, Betty insists that uh, they don't involve the sheriff, because of course she does, and wants a personal confrontation with the serial killer, again, because of course she does. And Betty says that (laughs) if it's really him... It's not dangerous to me because I'm his daughter. And this is something that she says to Cheryl somehow. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> who famously had a twin brother murdered by their dad. The one that, you know, the murdering guy that they were talking about 10 seconds ago in this very conversation. <laughs> I... <sighs> I think this break has, like, lowered my tolerance, so the, the stupidity's just, like, passing my blood-brain barrier, but Jesus Christ. Well, she's also just, like, 
she pretty much literally is saying, or Cheryl is like, let's go to an adult. And Betty's like, no, I want to murder. Mm-hmm. I Or something. Or like some, some uh, more vague, I need to get to the truth kind of thing. But like, it's not well-defined what her goals are or why she needs to accomplish them. That's true. It just feels, it feels, Cheryl's so smart. Like, Cheryl's so, so friggin' smart about all of this and feels like she's on the same page with Betty and pretty much what Betty feels like she's saying, I'm gonna do a murder. (laughs) And... Yeah, that's certainly, that's certainly not something that you don't have ample subtext for here. And it just, yeah, with, with last season in our pocket... Poor Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God, the the magical ride has only just begun with Cheryl. Yep. <laughs> oh yes. Hey, it ends in a great place though. So I mean, oh. uh, yeah, great for certain values of. I mean, Riverdale, great for Riverdale, sure. great we'll is what that. I mean. Yes, we'll say that. Yes, because holy shit. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's not do that uh in a strategy meeting with hermione it turns out hiram's whole thing with the dark circle is just the whole purpose of it is to make archie look like an asshole (laughs) and to make fred look like an incompetent father it's actually a fucking great plan and it's going to work it's not to actually get anything done it's just to throw it in archie's face later how dumb it was and like how could it not work? Every stupid thing that Hiram has pitched to Archie throughout the time, he has just lapped up mm-hmm. like an eager dog. Oh, yeah. So it's, yeah, great. Good job. Here's a good evil plan, Hiram. <laughs> Counting on Archie to be a dingus. Archie pitches the Dark Circle to its former members again, and it comes up. It just, we get some exposition now that Midge was cheating on Moose with a serpent, and oh boy. <sighs> Reggie is weirdly, weirdly possessive of someone who he was not even dating because we need him to be to like sloppily put this plot together later on. Reggie has done not that Reggie doesn't need to like not that we need Reggie to be a good boy, but Reggie's done so dirty for no reason. Yeah, the show's like, oh, we seem to have found ourselves into a situation where we need someone to be even more fucking stupid than Archie. Reggie, come here. (laughs) Come take your medicine. Yeah, it's rough. It's real bad. Um, Jughead remembers suddenly that the ghoulies exist and were just now released from prison. Mm -hmm. But the Serpent Club has no time to process this before Reggie comes in with just both barrels blazing. Well, just uh, firing those stupid guns like Yosemite Sam. Rob, do you recall who it was that let them know? That the ghoulies are coming back. I don't remember who let them know that the ghoulies. Oh, were it was back. War Baby. Nice, good old Dave Draymond looking War Baby. So we get almost a brawl ish thing, and Archie and Jughead have a great mutual peacekeeping moment uh, between the groups, which reminds us the potential for like an actual interesting relationship between these two characters that sometimes exists beneath the surface of this show. <sighs> yeah. Betty suggests that all the Coopers help at the register again and all get together and work on the news as a way of rebonding as a family and certainly not anything ulterior at all. Fangs, of Fogarty fame, then tells Jughead that he and Midge were hooking up, but denies killing her. 
And Jughead says that you're going to need to lay low about this because people are going to want to kill you. So we're just really, really rapidly progressing this plot that just came out of nowhere. It's a little weird to be focusing on this, but oh well. We can't worry about that because it's time for Mob Teen Speed Dating Show. Most of these (laughs) handsome he-devils don't make the cut. Uh, However, Casino Boy does pass on to the next round. He is given a rose or some shit. Yep, that's Elio. Oh, he has a name. I forgot. Jughead is not happy about the Dark Circle, and he would like them to be off of the Serpent's case, which, if wishes were horses, Quinn would run away because yeah, they fucking hate horses. Archie and Jughead meet this new sheriff uh, with Hiram as a chaperone for the meeting, and Minetta has... A very, very strange line upon meeting Jughead. Oh. <laughs> he says, ah, so it's, if it isn't the muckraker, muckraker the troublemaker. troublemaker. And Jughead, you, somehow Jughead didn't then say, like, you forgot about the name taker and the heartbreaker. <laughs> like, how did this, how did they do two things that rhymed and were stupid and not go for it? Explain this to me. <sighs> nope. Just Jughead says, you forgot iconoclast. He should have said name taker and heartbreaker. I'm fucking telling you. Uh, I don't disagree. Anyway, that was disappointing. Hiram tasks Archie with chaperoning Veronica's date with Casino Boy, which is like incredibly fucking awkward. Uh, but she kisses Archie in front of Casino Boy. So like she's setting the boundaries of this being a business relationship really up front. Which then makes me wonder why this whole dating thing's even happening. Like, what, if it's just a professional relationship, like, how, what, wait, hold on a second, they're children. Like, how is there a professional relationship between these kids? I don't get it. What is happening? They had to fill time, Rob. Yeah, Veronica's all over the place. 42 minutes aren't gonna write themselves. With this one. She also is like, you guys aren't cheating, are you? And he's like, no, we win by cheating. And she's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Just like, what? This plot isn't very... I I mean, okay, she did do the cool thing with Nick St. Clair, but, like, that notwithstanding. Do you guys remember back in, like, season one and early season two when she was a good character? Yeah! Yeah. And not just, like... I miss Veronica. Not just, like... Mm -hmm. Not just a pile of spaghetti. (laughs) Now she just says embarrassing things. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. But all's well, because we learn the crucial fact that Papa Poutine's son is named Small Fry, (laughs) and he's out for revenge. (laughs) Oh my god. And as soon as they say that, you know exactly what he looks like, and you're just like, oh my god. (laughs) It had been a while since I had sort of stuck my toe back in the the waters of Riverdale. And when this happened, I was like, okay, we're back. We're, phew, phew, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a thing that happened. It was awkwardly expositioned in there and I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, when Betty is left alone at the register, she is instantly in Nancy Drew mode and scans all the pages out of a planner, hoping to spy on her dad, figure some stuff out, investigate, investigate, investigate. And so she goes to Cheryl and shows that Hal's got no alibi for just, like, anything with the Black Hood. And then she gets 
a creepy call from the mortician who works out of a Halloween town. It's you from Dr. Curdle. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that there's a new body that he's got some details on. Mrs. Uh, Cooper, I have a warm corpse for you. I love him. <laughs> he's wonderful. He, I mean, he wakes up every morning and knows exactly what he wants. And you got to stand up and admire that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jughead goes to FP for advice on how to keep Fang safe. But hunker down and get ready to fight isn't the most hopeful advice. No. Things are looking bad. Fred got a note also from possibly maybe the Black Hood. And uh, he tells the new sheriff that they need to show strength and not cower uh, before the Black Hood's threats and asks for more security at the town hall coming up. More on that later for sure. The mortician, our lovely mortician, is not picky about whose bribe money he takes. So (laughs) Betty will be just fine. Uh, Betty freaks out, which seems a little bit late. Uh, We, you you know, you just like fed a young man to a serial killer a couple episodes ago, and now you're getting squeamish about dead bodies. It's fine. Uh, Cheryl is quick to forgive, but is there some planet where what she did was okay, folks? Like, what do you (laughs) what do you two think? Uh, maybe worth discussing, given how, like, Chick put them in a bad position. But, like, what does Cheryl know about the situation? No, Betty's it's... just like, I killed a guy! And she's like, that's okay. <laughs> oh, it's it's fine, Rob, because we like Betty. Oh, right, right, right. right. <laughs> and, like, we kind of... I was gonna say we kind of know that Chick didn't get away. But we don't. We would if this were a reasonable show, because he didn't just turn around and instantly turn in the Coopers <laughs> and just implicate them in, in Shady Man's death and all this other crap that he could, like, well, and Shady Man's cohorts, uh, all the problems that ensued there. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that they could have gotten got on. So if he had gotten away, that's the next thing that happens to them, is that they're screwed. And that didn't happen, so that means Chick is dead, but we didn't see a body... Which also means that Chick is not dead, and that they just forgot that there was stuff he was motivated to do once he was off the screen. I do believe that this is in line with Cheryl's morality, though, based on, like, both Riverdale and comics. Because if, especially if they're drawing at all from comic book stuff, because Cheryl's pretty much someone who's, like, family first, and Betty is family And not only is Betty, like, family, but Betty's family who's in her age group. So I think that, especially because her brother's now dead, she could be imprinting on Betty heavily. So whatever Betty wants, for now, Betty could be getting. Right. Uh, Cheryl suggests that she does some confrontation gauging of reactions with Hal. Uh, So now they're on the same stupid page about this. Betty admits to her parents about her relationship with the Black Hood and all the phone calls and stuff and what she did to Chick and says she feels okay with it. And Alice is fucking horrified. (laughs) Poor Alice. Jesus. Because her daughter's like, I basically had like a pen pal relationship with a serial killer and fed him a child. Anyway, how was your day, mom and dad? And Alice is like, and Hal connects with her over it because he's obviously the fucking Black Hood. Yep. God, what a weird scene. And yes, poor Alice. I mean, I know that she's been an abusive piece of shit, but she also well in this scene. Yeah, this was a good acting scene. Poor Machen's face was just like, 
I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Someone leaks the video of Fangs and Midge almost getting caught up to no good. Uh, and Fangs gets arrested uh, right there at school. You're so dead, vixen killer, someone says. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Hiram does not like Casino Boy's plan due to how they're about to go legit, and the Casino family probably makes criminal money and just launders it through casinos. So, like, our money laundering is going to be compromised by their money laundering. So that's just more conflict between father and daughter there. Archie says to Fred uh, that he's been desperate to put things back together ever since the Black Hood's first appearance. Uh... So directly contradicting all of his character development for this entire season, I guess. He's so, so, so stupid. He's like, all I've wanted since the Black Hood thing was for things to be right and safe and good and normal between me and my dad. Which is why I, like, publicly pissed on him a dozen times. And, like, carved... Hiram rules Fred drools into the paint job of his car. I just... You can't just have a character in dialogue say that their motivation has been the opposite of what they've done for the whole fucking show. You can't do this to me! I mean, they resolved that a couple of episodes ago, where Hiram's like, do evil for me, Archie, and Archie's like, no, I love my dad, actually. Therefore, this arc is complete. The filler's over, Hiram. Fred supports his shitty son. (laughs) Who does not deserve it. What are you going to (laughs) do? You hate to see it. Is that the episode title, (laughs) Fred supports his shitty son? You hate to see it. (laughs) (laughs) That's Riverdale, huh? Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Get it together, Rob. There's so much more of this to do. There's a lot. The Dark Circle rolls up on the white worm. Oh, that feels good to say after so long. With Mm. fucking knives. They've got knives out. Uh, Uh, And they're calling themselves the War Dogs now. Yes, I know. That's where you were going to correct me. They've evolved. That's the third stage evolution (laughs) of the Red Circle. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's some late-gen Pokemon shit where they can't stay on theme anymore because they're just desperately out of ideas. Yeah, the second evolution is on theme, okay, and then, oh. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a thing! War it's dogs. Fine. Uh, we'll, we'll put some good stats on it so that y'all nerds will stop complaining. Yeah, so, so they're called the War Dogs, which is great. Uh, we get an angry call from Jughead to Archie, informing him that it was just a dumpster fire and some slash tires, which honestly is beyond best case for how it was framed with them approaching. Mm-hmm. The Lodges reap a bitter harvest for fucking over McCoy, because she shows up to lawyer fangs the fuck up. And I like it. I like it. I like some redemption for our uh, incompetent public officials in Riverdale. <laughs> Archie confronts the dark circle about how fucking stupid this all is. And Reggie lets slip that Hiram is paying them, (laughs) paying them and endorsing Reggie as the leader. (sighs) Okay. Our villain's great. Just Reggie. Oh God. I will pay children to <laughs> do dumb shit. I'll pay other people <laughs> to spy on children. I'm so much like Dracula. 
<laughs> That's a book I've read. I forgot about that. Oh, the Dracula pull. The Swiss banks are closed, and now I must channel my fortune into children. Remember when Dracula hired a bunch of hot teenage boys to uh, do vandalism in London to drive down property values so that he could buy places to stash coffins? That was my favorite part of the book. Who can forget that classic scene in Dracula? Where, the... where they all take their shirts off <laughs> and pose for like a 20 second photo and then loiter in a movie theater yes yeah that's right oh man classic classic literary references on riverdale it's really impressive um anyway mccoy meets with veronica who wants some legal advice about the idea of doing an above boards casino which Veronica, why are you doing this? You know that if you do a reasonable plan, your dad's just going to fucking shit on it. But that's what she wants to find out. Like, a way of doing an above-boards casino. Uh, Betty calls Cheryl, who is in the middle of a Dreamwave-soaked makeup session. We just are doing that whole, like, Blossom-verse alternative lighting and camera stuff. And... We learn that there is just no certainty on Hal, but he is paying for a share B&B. Have we done that before? I don't remember, I don't... but it's another one of these lovely, slightly twisted brand names that we do. Which was also, that was very odd to me, because it's just like a motel when we get there, right? Yeah. Uh... It's like not an Airbnb at like, all. It's clearly a motel. They go into a hallway yeah. with a bunch of other rooms. Yep. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, I won't question it further. I'm sorry, Riverdale, I'm sorry. Hey, all taxis are Ubers. <laughs> You're looking for depth, and I don't think... I think someone literally thought of the Share B&B name, and was like, oh, that's so it's cool, so we have to put we it in the script. To. The locations are already locked in for shooting. Fuck it, who cares? Maybe it's a serial killer lair. Yeah. Um, the line is, please tell me we're breaking in. <laughs> And there's a Nancy Drew book in there, which is awfully ominous. Mm-hmm. It's the one from the cipher. So, like, okay, guys, it's 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 hell. They have to meet the Coopers at the debate. It's going on. Town hall debate. Veronica is excited to show Hiram about how a casino can be legit and not be this public relations problem for Lodge Industries. And Hiram is a bad father. Okay, though. Okay, though. Like, actually, her mom's about to go on. Her dad's support, like, her dad's supporting her at this time. And he basically is like, Ronnie, not now. This isn't the time to have this conversation. And she's like, what? And the camera's really on her side. But, like, actually, mm-hmm. her mom's about to go have a debate. That's very fair. Yeah. I- <laughs> Although I did get the impression that we were meant to take that, like, he was just shutting down the idea completely for all time. Uh, but that is that is a lot of the production elements, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just felt like, Franica, like, granted, we know Hiram's a piece of crap. But if you guys were a normal functioning, <laughs> like, political family, now was really not the time to have that conversation oh, yes. with you. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Although... I suppose her making a stink about it is actually motivated yeah. in character because she is not on their side in this political no, thing anymore. No, no, she's not. Well, right, yeah. So I guess that's a thing. Not now, honey. Sinister machinations are coming to a head. <laughs> Speaking of those, 
the debate kicks off, and Hermione parades Sheriff Mineta and says that they've gotten Midge Clump's killer already. And Fred is like, uh, you guys, uh, due process? What about due process? And that is not well received because Riverdale has a powerful thirst for fascism. <laughs> yep. Well, like, er, at the, some like, point... every time they do, like, a public <laughs> function in Riverdale, it's horrifying because everyone <laughs> is just, like, we want to be Nazis! We want to be Nazis! Well, I mean, I, I every time. not. At a later point, I believe that they say... Fred Andrews is the family values candidate. Hermione Lodge is the law and order candidate, which has never been used as code for anything right, sinister. Right. No, it's it's so like god, these people suck. Like we talk a lot on Riverdews and Riverdones about the ridiculous shit that these characters get up to. But let's take a second to just recognize that according to what we've been shown in the text, the main characters who have names are all actually better people than the unnamed citizens of Riverdale <laughs> who are uniformly evil it's pieces terrifying. of shit. And these episodes only come to bear that out more. They're a horrifying, bloodthirsty mob of thugs. <laughs> yeah. It's a terrible town. It sucks because the people are bad. If you live in Riverdale, you're bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Huh. Anyway, Hermione deploys the Dark Circle smear. Uh, and Archie just doesn't say anything, even in his own defense. When he... God. He knows that they're being paid by Hiram Lodge, and he doesn't say anything! Archie's a lot of things. <laughs> Quick on his feet is <laughs> not one of them. I know. What makes you think that he could put together that this is a context where that would be useful? <laughs> oh, nothing. Absolutely no evidence through two seasons of the show. You've got me, Quinn. You fucking got me. Also, they need the Black Hood to attack, so. Speaking of which, kaboom! Black Hood with a rifle. Fortunately for everyone involved, both he and the cops do not understand the basic operation of a firearm. Mm -hmm. uh, so no one is harmed, and that's good. But Hal isn't the guy with the gun. Oh my. Yeah, so there's that swerve I was talking about. And yeah, it's about as stupid as uh, I was worried it might be when we play it out. But <laughs> we'll get there. <sighs> <laughs> there was a fucking secret trap door for the Black Hood to escape out of. That wasn't included in any of the building plans. So, <laughs> so that the cops couldn't catch him. They couldn't just say that he got away. They have to say <laughs> that, that the city, that the town hall was built by a famous engineer of haunted houses and mad scientist well, labs. So I, that we they <laughs> all play and run tabletop role-playing games. Have you ever just been in a situation where something similar to that happens, you're like, oh yeah, they got away. They're like, I would have been looking at every exit. And you're like, I, a bad GM, will just say, well, oh, man. there was a secret <laughs> trap door that wasn't on the floor plans. I got mean, you. yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of the inverse of Ross Payton's amazing, like, uh, a rat shits out a key. Yeah. <laughs> like 
Oh, man. Like, they couldn't just say he got away. They had to create this elaborate, improbable bullshit scenario in a throwaway line <laughs> just to justify that a guy got away. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds like Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so good. It's going to come back. Archie opts to stay with Fred instead of a ride-along to look for the Black Hood. This is treated as though it's very significant. Um, okay. Character growth, is it? I mean, again, he he already just stated that his motivation all along has been to just do all the things that he hasn't done for the whole season. So I think we just have to write off all the Archie stuff from here to the end. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in a more competently written show, this would be providing Archie a meaningful choice between seeking revenge and valuing his father. But this is not that show. This is not, no. McCoy and Jughead are with Fangs who is due for release in an hour, but the reaction to his release is going to be bad, to say the very least. In the wake of the shooting, Veronica says that Hermione really ought to be dropping out of the race since the shit is super dangerous and people were shooting at her. And Hermione agrees with Hiram that the show must go on, and Veronica tries to kind of be a wedge between them, mostly due to Hiram being a shit man. And it turns out the Hiram, in fact, did take her money, her ransom money, and put it into a trust for her 21st birthday so that she can't use it. Yeah. So that all sucks. Betty confronts Hal with the cipher book, and he claims that he was saving it as a birthday gift. And we still don't know what's going on. Joaquin is over at FP's place. Welcome back to the show, Joaquin, to help Fangs disappear. But we have to survive the protesters first. Hiram plays Reggie like a fiddle. And the Dark Circle is 100% going to go try to kill Fangs Fogarty now. Because, again, if we need someone to be even stupider than Archie, (laughs) Reggie is your man! (laughs) Veronica tells Fred that she supports him for mayor now, because Hiram, again, is just shit. Shit, shit shittity shit. Um, And we get a musical Varchie fuck montage. Yeah, don't worry. She actually just came over to have sex with Archie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Ticket to Ride, I think, is the song they're playing. Oh, is that really what they play? Yeah. That's certainly what my notes say. Oh, boy. Get it? Because, like, po- political stuff, it's a it's a ticket, and ride is a euphemism for fucking. Everything about it was Boom. deeply unpleasant. Yeah, it sucked. Uh, Betty meditates over the Nancy Drew and spare Black Hood props, calls Hal, sets up a secret meeting, uh, so we clearly still assume he's Black Hood, which means there must be a clumsy another guy cosplaying as the killer plot, which is something that we've already done. <laughs> Don't worry, they won't make good on it. (laughs) Not in any real way. (laughs) He sort of just goes along with it. Uh, Jughead asks for Archie's help with not letting Fangs just get murdered. And Betty still has the pedo gun from the toilet. (sighs) Yes. The gun that was not thrown in the river. The toilet gun. (sighs) (laughs) And like, okay, Sheriff Mineta, we haven't had much time with him, but... If he's trying to be like, I, unlike my incredibly incompetent predecessor, am capable of performing the basic duties of being a small town sheriff, for someone for whom that is ostensibly their goal, he is weirdly okay with just letting a person get murdered on the doorstep of the police station. Mm -hmm. Just like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Technically, according to the rules, once the door is open, people are allowed to just kill him and it's not my fault. Uh, So they form up, do the serpents, and body shield him. Archie and Reggie approach through the crowd. It's very tense and dramatic. And Reggie, of course, now has a gun uh, following in Archie's dumb, dumb footsteps. 
Archie tackles him, but Fangs gets shot anyway. And it's filmed rather ambiguously, probably like somebody else actually shot him. And it looks like there's going to be a big fucking gang war that's going to kick off here in a hot minute. And Betty is waiting for Black Hood, but he shows up at Thistle House instead and menaces Cheryl. Yeah. That's the the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yowza. So it's time for our lovely little segments. And we're going to start things off with River Dews. What did we like? What did I like about this one? <laughs> so, Anything? <laughs> uh, this might be damning with faint praise, but this was a relatively normal, straightforward episode. <laughs> <laughs> For Riverdale. When you lay it all out like we just have, it sounds a little bit bonkers, but compared to the other stuff... Yeah, I think that there's like a little like bathtub thing like an inverse bell curve where if they are too pressured for time on the production they ineptly make things incredibly fucking weird but if they have too much time Sakasa makes things pretentiously incredibly weird and inept yeah right but if they're somewhere in the middle you get some like stupid but fairly normal tv right uh i guess on a slightly if i have to like pick a specific thing I mean, I'm glad that they, like, are sort of getting the pieces set up for the finale in as much as Archie and Veronica have sort of switched sides and are, like, on Team Justice now, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's clumsy, but ostensibly they don't just suck completely anymore. <laughs> right. Like, they, so that's they remembered good, I guess. some of their moral fiber or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair, that's a fair river do. Even if it's clumsily done, like getting them back <laughs> to where we don't have to just constantly scream at them. Just get the dang pieces in position and move on. That's, I think my my Riverdue is similar. Because there were actually a few parts of this episode that I really liked. Like, I liked I liked seeing the corner. Friggin' love small fry. Uh, there was one zoom in on a sh- serpent-shaped jug. Uh, really friggin' loved that small moment. But um, but I think the mm, my mm-hmm. my overwhelming river do is that um, Betty's plot line is really coming together, and it's a long time coming. And I wasn't certain that it was going to happen. Right. So like we're like, nope. Hal's definitely the Black Hood, and it's not just that. It's that like the the small stupid moment with the mirror happened right she like uh-huh. we saw it, it it got mirrored and then she had the conversation with both Cheryl and with her parents uh so right. the show like did the work and this show doesn't always do the work so it's it oh, was Lord, uh, no. no it doesn't so it's it's nice that like hey we we get to actually have Betty be the character you would expect in her to be if this show were logically constructed um, as we move into the finale. Right. Uh, Not a given. Not a given at all. It's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. So, question here for uh, you all. Mm. Given the trend of seasons one and two, whose dad is the villain of season three? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit! Oh, no! It can't be Jughead! No! No, 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 we can't, like... Mm, that doesn't work. That's not it acceptable. It doesn't work. Like, uh, no. So, do you want to hear what little I've heard about season three? Just in terms of... I don't know if there's an overarching villain, but I can tell you two things that I know yeah. about season three right now. Yes. 
Archie goes to prison and like they do a whole <laughs> well, they, like Archie yeah, okay. in prison arc. Okay. okay. And then like the other predominant arc or the, the other two predominant arcs of the show are basically just mazes and monsters mm-hmm. and Veronica opens a speakeasy. <laughs> Holy shit. What the fuck, man? <laughs> like I accidentally heard this while listening to Waypoint Radio and I'm like, wait, hold on. They just go full on mazes and monsters Shawshank Redemption and Veronica opens a speakeasy the in the basement is of Pops. Riverdale? I mean, if we don't know by now, what the <laughs> fuck are we asking that question for? Um, so I guess at least in the Mazes and Monsters portion of this, t- the villain might be School Dad Principal Weatherby. Hmm. Hmm. But I just I yeah. had to ask, whose dad is it gonna be? I mean, Keller doesn't have anything to do anymore. Oh, and he's a fucking cop, so. Yeah. We can we can do that. Granted, I don't think that the show has a coherent worldview when it comes to no. the police. Anyway, back on our actual thing. I suppose I have to have a river dude, don't you I? Do. <laughs> you do. Shit. Uh okay, well, you know what? It's gonna be Veronica finally, in no uncertain terms, calling out Hiram for just how fucking cowardly and shitty he is. Similarly to like Archie. I really like that. We are getting characters away from his, like, completely informed master manipulation. Where, like, people are under his sway for absolutely no reason that's shown. And it's really annoying and it makes us like characters less. And so her just being like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Is what I'm going to say my Riverdew is. Slightly in contrast to the Archie one because, like, this was actually done in the plot and not just stated. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like how they handled that with Veronica a bit better. Yeah. Uh, but hey, guys, what sucked? <laughs> That's difficult, Rob. Uh, speaking of Hiram, I guess, just like that whole Reggie and Dark Circle slash War Dogs storyline was just bad. It just sucked. I did not. It was bad. Agreed. I don't know if I can say anything other than, yeah, like, that was was real weird. It took up a bunch of time. It didn't accomplish much. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mine's... There's so much that sucked. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is the hard part. Yeah. The- Spoiled for choice <laughs> on this what segment. Suck? Mine, uh, mine is something we didn't talk about in the episode, but... Um, oh, wow. Or in our recap... But a thousand apologies. Uh, no, 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 no. It's such a minor thing. Early on, uh, the lodges are talking about, I guess, their plans. I don't even remember. <laughs> and well, it was probably all wrapped up with like weirdly crossed idioms and uh, yeah, they're veiled language that is not. The lodges are doing nothing, very... right? Yeah. So yeah, right. Okay. So sure. p- to start, the lodges are doing nothing. We have a scene in which Hiram and Hermione are talking to each other, and nothing is accomplished with it. Sure. And then at the end of it, uh, Hermione goes basta, basta, which just is like enough, enough, and um. And I was just like, okay, I fucking hate this show. Um, because, like, is that Salages, isn't it? That they don't, I don't, I'm just like, I don't, I'm sick of it. Why don't they just speak Spanish to each other? 
Why? I know why they don't around Veronica, because I don't know that she speaks Spanish fluently. But I don't know why they don't do each other. There's no reason. And Mm -hmm. Because the viewership of Riverdale are not willing to read a large number of subtitles. It's so frustrating. And it's not. And it's like the stuff like that. Like, it's not just that, because I get why they don't. Right. It's that stupid reason. It's that the viewership of Riverdale is assumed to not read subtitles. It's like. And it's that sort of thing that the lodges don't make sense to me. And, and I really wish they did because, hey, we are, we are in the episode before the finale and, and Hiram is having spies watch children and they, and they are bothering to bring in, uh, all of the mafia princes. And what the fuck does that mean? And we're just still stuck in this, like, guys, do you have any idea what you want to do with this crime family? No, you clearly don't. And I'm sick of it. Their track record with villains is really spotty, actually, because you had a drug guy who killed his son to keep him silent uh, in the first season. Very workmanlike, very competent, makes sense. It wasn't a villain who had a huge presence in the show, right? right. Like, it was a mystery, more. Like, someone did a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a continued threatening presence because all the person wanted was to just continue business as normal. And so they handled that just fine. And the Black Hood doesn't have to make sense because he's insane. Mm-hmm. He's just a Batman villain. Yeah, he's fine. He has like a fixation and a mask and he kills some people and it's just, yeah, we got a Batman villain. We're good. We, we got it. But like Hiram is the guy who's supposed to have motivations that are coherent and has a long term villainous presence in the show. And he is, let's just say that Veronica inherited her pile of spaghettitude really honestly yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that stinks. He doesn't make any fucking sense as a character, as a or as any any of his villainous plans either make no sense whatsoever. Um, no, yeah. he thinks that wrestling and like publicly humiliating Archie. It really does is a just good villainous. Plan. It feels like he has a fixation on Team Boys at this point. Oh, that's not even under debate. It, Are you kidding? That's that's all the show is getting across to us, and it sucks. Yeah. Yep. It sucks a lot, yeah. Well, we're going to stick on the subject of Hiram a little bit here. And we've sort of talked about this a little bit, but his insane cowardice and willingness to put his family in the crosshairs, uh, not to mention his hypocrisy about ill-gotten money, like, it's fine for your villain to have negative traits. That's great. That's fine. That's why they're villains. But it doesn't make sense. He's supposed to be a mafia guy. Family should be the line for him. Yeah. The yeah. point is that he should be willing to fuck over anyone and sacrifice anything and cross any moral event horizon for his family. But he also has to just like enter into pissing contests with his daughter and endanger his wife. And right. I hate it. Like it just doesn't make any like he's just bad. He is just bad and cowardly and untrustworthy and shitty. And, like, he doesn't have, like, a point to him as a character. He doesn't have a worldview either. Right. Like, he just is always doing the bad thing at any given time. And, like, they've talked so goddamn much about family and loyalty and stuff. And he doesn't have any of that. 
and they're not making it a show about how he's pathetic and hypocritical. They're just milking it for easy, cheap conflict. Like, it's just cheap heat. So the way in this episode that it becomes explicitly clear that he has absolutely no regard for either Veronica or Hermione is my river don't, because that means that everything we've done with him for the whole show has been pointless. Fair dues. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's a really, really... <laughs> Y'all are nailing it. This is the anti-Hiram squad. <laughs> yeah. Which sucks. I'm... Uh, Could have been yeah. a contender. You know, <laughs> no he's a really hot dad, so this isn't fair, Joe. <laughs> N- right? <sighs> oh, well. Oh, okay. That's what we're stuck with. Y'all ready to get weird? Here's a sleepy puppy cameo. Oh, hey, baby. Hello. He's a baby. You got, you got thirsty face, don't you? You got some teeth sticking out. Mm. Anyway, do you want to do some podcasting? You're looking at the mic. I want to talk about my opinions about Riverdale. I think it's a much nicer show than you guys are always making fun of it. And it's okay for it to not make sense as long as um, they show food on it once in a while. Sometimes they do that. I think Pops is his favorite character, yeah. probably. Yeah. Pops is a nice man. And he makes lots of food and burgers. And that's the important thing. <sighs> anyway, goodness. Yes, weekly weird time. The thing that we love best. Yeah, who wants to get started? This was not a weird episode. Not especially. I do have one if we want to vamp for time. I mean, I've got I've got two uh, that I could I could argue On deck. for. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's part of the thing with the River Dew I said at the top, where like this is just kind of a run-of-the-mill, straightforward episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, it it wasn't oozing with that sort of je ne sais quoi that you get no, out no, of no, not at all. Prime Riverdale. Uh, I'll just start off then. My weekly weird is just that Minetta doesn't care if he keeps his job for more than a week. Like, I'm fine with this teen boy getting released from my jail cell and instantly being shot or beaten to death. And, like, I'm not gonna try to make this situation secure at all or keep him safe at all because the plot demands that conflict, I guess. Well, Rob, he needs to uphold the incredibly important (laughs) tradition of horrible Minettas in fiction. (laughs) And see, I thought you were gonna go with incompetent sheriffs in Riverdale. Yeah, me too. And it just works both ways. (laughs) That's the. So, my assumption with him is that. He's just comfortable being completely bought out by Hiram, and Hiram was like, no, we're killing that boy. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. I, I guess so, yeah, but it just, it struck me as weird, it like, does. the first thing that's gonna happen when he takes office is this, under any other circumstances, unbelievably huge, awful scandal that he gets nothing from. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's very strange, and, like, he's not even pretending no, he's completely unconcerned with, like, his reputation when he's the guy that's replacing the disgraced one. Like, it just, yeah, that that weirded me out. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot that was weird. There was, um, the thing that, like, was weirdest in my notes was really just the, there was one Zoom. Um, I get really focused on, like, <laughs> camera Zooms. So where they were, uh, where War Baby uh had called uh called fp from shangsha 
talk about their old adversaries, the ghoulies. Uh, and Jug is explaining all of this stuff. And the camera is not focused on anybody in the scene and is like hyper focused on a thing in the foreground. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I need to find, are we look, are we trying to product place cover girl? Where, what's going on here? Um, and it looks like it's on this box, like a dairy box. And I'm like, what? Um, but like this isn't a Parmalat box, so it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's a product placement. And then I realized it was on a snake jug and like, snake jug. Okay. <laughs> this might be the soft focus cobra from my notes. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad we both noticed it because that was the wow. Yeah, it was really significant to me. It really stood out because it took me so long to figure out what the heck they were trying to yeah, show me. There was was definitely a disconcerting soft focus cobra <laughs> Thank God. at some point thank god i wasn't the only person who noticed it that was my that was my weekly weird it just okay. really then... really took me out of the scene oh yeah oh yeah they love snake imagery because it's like what's the metaphor here there's not <laughs> snakes again it's <laughs> just a snake oh how exciting <laughs> These people are a gang named after snakes, and we have a prop that's a snake. We did the work. It's, it's symbolism. Yeah, um, good. I mean, as someone who just watched all of Neon Genesis Evangelion, pretty much. <laughs> if I put a cross in there. <laughs> we did the work. Um, oh, my God. That's, that's memeable. We did the work. We did the work is good. an image such as that. Yeah. Um, okay, so my Ooh. weekly weird, I'm I'm going to throw out a runner-up and then a proper one so okay. my runner-up yeah, hey. is the secret trap door that Fair. was used to escape the in this completely unnecessary hall. bit of weird exposition yeah um and my proper weekly weird is papa poutine's son small fry is coming and he's out for revenge yes! <laughs> yes. uh stay tuned folks so good yeah wow so that sure was an episode of Riverdale, but rest assured, folks, things get a lot crazier from here. We are going to return next time with Chapter 34, Judgment Night, and hoo-hoo-hoo, baby, <laughs> do things kick into a higher gear. So until then, until then, see you then. Deuces. Deuces. <laughs>